warm welcome to all my friends out there. This is Wellness Talk, and of course, I am George Batista, your host and your wellness advocate. Wellness Talk is a show that goes over the latest in health, healing, nutrition, fitness. For those of you who are new, we provide you the science, we provide you the information of everything natural and non-toxic that you can use. What you do with it is up to you. Hope you guys are doing great. We've got a lot of great information for you today, so uh, stay tuned. Like first, from the University of Cordoba, Selenium reduces mixtures of environmental pollutants, harmful effects on health. So they did a study on mice, and um, what they did was they studied a mixture of pollutants and how it would affect the liver of the mice. And then they gave the mice selenium, and they wanted to see how selenium would affect this mixture of pollutants. And uh, this is very interesting because um, you know, pollutants are generally studied like one at a time and how they affect your health, but they wanted to study a kind of a cocktail of pollutants and how they would affect the mice and then how selenium would affect that entire cocktail. So we'll go over that. Then from University of Grenada, 8,000 steps a day to reduce the risk of premature death. So we've all heard the 10,000 steps a day and those types of things, right? A lot of people use their pedometers and they Make sure they get to their 10,000 steps. But where did that originate from? And is that valid? What's the science behind it? We're going to talk about that and why you don't, you may not have to get to 10,000 where you can actually get to 7,000 or 8,000 because there's now science behind it. So we're going to talk about that. Then from there, can you take multivitamins with antibiotics? This is a question I've gotten many times over the years in working with clients as a consultant, these types of things. This is from Vibrant Health. So we're going to answer that question. What are the things to look for if you are on antibiotics for something acute, for example? And can you take your multivitamins with it? And what are the things to watch out for? So we'll go over that. We'll answer that question for you. Then from Wellness Resources, the hidden impact. Meds that deplete vitamin D and how it affects your health. Obviously, we've talked about vitamin D many, many times on this show. You guys know how I love vitamin D, but... Now it's not just a question of vitamin D deficiency because you're not taking it or uh, vitamin D depletion, right, from stress. Now we're going to talk about actual medications that also can cause a depletion in your vitamin D status, how to reduce that, what to do about it. You know, we're going to dive into all that. So uh, a lot of information to go over today, and I hope you guys are going to be taking notes because uh, we're going to go over a lot today. Uh, of course, go to georgebatista.com. Check out all the articles that we go for, you know, go over. Make sure you, you know, like, share, and subscribe. Share them with your friends and family. If you uh, want to get these articles directly into your email box, all you got to do is sign up for the newsletter at the front of the website, and it'll get these articles will go every week directly into your email box. And I have an announcement. So, um. For many, many years, until this day, actually, I always get this question, what supplements can I take for X, Y, or Z? Okay, so for example, you know, um, I'm just starting on supplements. What's a, what's a good uh, supplement protocol to start on if I'm just starting? Or if my goal is to lose weight, what supplements can help me with that? Or if my goal is for X, Y, or Z, what's a quick supplement protocol that I can use? I get this question constantly because, of course, I'm known for being kind of the supplement expert, the, nu the nutrition and supplement expert in my field, right? So I figured, you know what? 
why don't I come up with something that can help the average person in regards to just a very quick general supplement protocol? So what I came up with is the Fast Track Supplement Protocol Program. So here's how it works. So for those of you who are looking to, let's say, get started on a supplement protocol, or let's say, again, you're looking for supplements to help you support your health in whatever way possible, all you got to do is go to the website, georgebatista.com, and on the top link, you're going to see a fast track protocol. You click on the link, it's going to bring you to a page that has um, questions. All you got to do is answer specific questions that are on there. So, for example, some of the questions that are going to be on there are, are you, on, are you currently on supplements now? Um, are you on medications? What are you looking to do with this, you know, with this protocol? What is your health goal, basically? You know, simple supplements uh, or simple questions like that, okay? And then once you answer those questions, you submit the form. There's going to be a payment because obviously there's some time involved in this. So it's going to be a, you know, very low-cost, quick payment. So it's going to take you to the payment site. You put in your payment information, you submit that, and that's going to go directly to us, directly to me. And that will get emailed to me. And it, basically I read the information and then I'm going to give you a, a very a basic supplement protocol that you can use for whatever it is that you are dealing with. Okay. So it's going to be emailed back to you within 24 to 48 hours, and you're going to get it personalized from yours truly. And this is kind of like a fast way of instead of, you know, working with me one-on-one -on -one for an hour or so, and at the end, what I would give you is a protocol of supplements or certain lifestyle changes that you would make to help you on your health journey. What I'm doing here is we're kind of bypassing that and just kind of doing a quick way where I would just give you my recommendations on supplements that you guys can use, where to get them, and uh, how to use them. Okay, so... That's what it's for, okay? It's a very quick supplement protocol you guys can use, um, and I think it can help you out. Now, just a couple of things, a couple of caveats to this. Remember, I am not a physician. I am not giving you medical information. I cannot give you medical information, so I cannot override anything your doctor is doing. If you are on medications, number one, you need to disclose that, obviously. And number two, you need to talk to your doctor, obviously, if you are dealing with any kind of acute issue. That's number one. Also, remember, I am not diagnosing, I am not curing, I am not preventing anything. This is, again, a simple supplement protocol that can help you on your journey to help support whatever it is that you are doing. That's all this is, okay? So, again, this is a uh, nice little program for you guys. I wanted to kind of put this together for those of you who just wanted some quick questions answered and don't want to go through an entire consultation with a nutritionist or a health coach or anything like that. But as a guy, again, who's worked with thousands of people on all different types of supplements and stuff like that, um, you're getting a personalized protocol from me. So again, if you're interested in, in that, go to the website, check it out, fill out the form, um, you know, provide, you know, do the payment information and you'll get it to me. And then I will submit that again within 24 to 48 hours, because obviously, you know, I'm a busy guy, so I need time to put that together for you and send that out to you in your email address. So that will come back to your email address, okay? So um, just something to put together for you guys. Hope you, uh, you know, if you want to take advantage of that, feel free to do so. Um, hopefully uh, that will help you guys out in far, you know, as far as your health journey. All right, guys, without further ado, um, by the way, I'm going to be talking about that ongoing. So, um, 
you know, just, you know, stay tuned for that. And maybe I'll even expand that program as time goes along. All right, so let's uh, get started on our articles for the week. First, from the University of Cordoba, this is Selenium Reduces Mixtures of Environmental Pollutants, Harmful Effects on Health. Okay, so this was a study in mice conducted by the University of Cordoba, and it uh, proves that exposure to contaminating mixtures of metals and drug residue increases damage to health and evaluates the positive effects of a diet enriched in selenium to reduce this harm. So basically what it is, is again, they've studied a lot of these uh, pollutants, right? Environment pollutants and all these types of toxins. They've studied them each and how they affect your health, whether it's a human, whether it's a mouse, those types of things. But they wanted to study kind of a mixture of pollutants and what happens even when faced with acceptable doses. Because you have to remember that um, there is a, such a thing as an acceptable dose of pollutants, right? The FDA says as long as it's below this level of toxicity, it's generally considered safe, right? Even if it's ingested or taken in by an organism or whatever it is, so they have a certain amount. So what they're saying here is that even if it's those acceptable doses, um, if the compounds interact with each other, how do they affect the health of the liver of the organism and how selenium can help that, okay? They'll help that mixture. So um, to understand the health effects of exposure, they wanted to know how the cocktail of contaminants would, um, you know, work on, let's say, a mouse's, um, a mouse's metabolism. So they evaluated in mice the toxicity of a mixture of contaminants that is very common in the environment and, the accum and that accumulates along the food chain, uh, a combination of metals such as arsenic, cadmium, mercury, and many drug residues, okay? And they studied the controlled exposure of mice to this mixture and, anal and analyzed how it affects the proteins in the liver. That is how their liver proteases changes when ingesting these mixtures of contaminants for two weeks. And their conclusion is negative. So basically what they found is that <clears throat> they found an increase in damage and an increase in oxidation in the liver when the, uh, mice, when the, the mice liver were um, confronted with this mixture of toxins, okay? So of the proteins affected, they selected 275 as sentinels to verify what was changing and after computer analysis they were able to determine the effect um determine the metabolic pathways um that were altered and their consequences for health these analysis revealed a disproportionate defense response having a contrary and harmful effect on the system in fact the researchers stressed that although these pollutants generated oxidation in the cells separately too, when they acted together, we found that the oxidation was so intense that all the oxidant defense responses were activated continuously without deactivating them, which ends up doing damage and causing many proteins to stop working. Very interesting, right? So this is a cocktail of pollutants. Now, entering a selenium. So basically they had a bunch of groups of mice here, but the third group of mice were given doses of selenium, which is a mineral found in, you know, supplements and obviously in, in food. Okay. And they found that the pro, um, 
proteomic an uh, analysis showed relief from the molecular damage done by the pollutants to these mice. So literally the selenium came in and actually brought down the or reduced the damage and the oxidation done by the mixture of these contaminants. Okay, again, it really doesn't show how much selenium was given it doesn't show, um, you know, exactly how, you know, how it was given these types of things. So there's a lot of unknowns in this, but basically what they did, what they did see, however they gave it to them, that the selenium reduced the damage that was done to the proteins in the liver, essentially. So at the end of the day, and obviously a mouse, uh, a mouse is not a human, but what they tend to do is they tend to humanize these mice to make them as much of a human as possible. So at the end of the day, you want a diet rich in selenium. How do we get that? Obviously, you know, you want to get that as much as possible in your diet. There's a lot of different forms of selenium, you know, different foods that contain selenium, but also I suggest a multivitamin, multi-mineral supplement that contains selenium and uh, making sure you're getting enough. I suggest at least 200 micrograms a day. That seems to be the dose that tends to be, um, you know, that people that most people would would say, you know, um, does the most benefit. Okay. And again, selenium is an antioxidant. It does a many, many things. It's very anti-cancer, very anti a lot of things. So you want to make sure it's an absolute essential mineral that you need. And we're showing it here then in the mouse model that it's helping with a mixture of toxins. We're all dealing with toxins every single day of our lives, physical, you know, physical, chemical, and emotional stress toxins from, whether it's, you know, magnetic toxins, whether it's mold, whether it's all different types of things. Well, make sure you're getting enough selenium. That's the bottom line here because it is going to help you in the reduction of these toxins. All right, next, 8,000 steps a day to reduce the risk of premature death. This is from the University of Grenada. So everybody always talks about the 10,000 steps, right? <clears throat> everybody gets their pedometers, you know, the folks who are walking and they say, I got to get my 10,000 steps in. But where did that come from? What's the science behind it? Okay. So the idea that you should take 10,000 steps a day originated in Japan in the 1960s, but it really didn't have any type of scientific basis. Researchers now have shown that if we focus on the risk of dying from cardiovascular disease, and this is exactly what they studied here, most of the benefits are seen at around 7,000 steps. Very interesting. So this was an international study led by the University of Grenada and has provided the first scientific proof for how many steps you need to take per day to significantly reduce the risk of premature death from cardiovascular disease. And it basically what they're saying is 8,000 steps a day, which is equivalent to 6.4 kilometers a day over a person walking, okay? So researchers have sh also shown that the pace at which we walk has additional benefits and that it is better to, to walk fast than slow. With regard to the risk of dying from cardiovascular disease, most of the benefits are seen at around 7 thousand steps. So they're basically saying anywhere between seven to 9,000 is kind of the sweet spot here. So what they did was they analyzed, it was a systematic uh, literature review and meta-analysis, which is basically taking a whole bunch of studies and putting them together. And it was data from 12 international studies involving more than 110,000 participants. And in this study, 
they show that measurable benefits can be obtained with small increases in the number of steps per day. And, and that for people with low levels of physical activity, every additional 500 steps improves their health. This is good news, okay? Because not everyone can walk 8,000 to 10,000 steps a day, right? So at least not at first anyway, okay? So if you can set a small amount of reachable goals, even in just an extra 500 a day, they're actually seeing benefits in that. Now, the study revealed no difference between men and women. It also found that faster walking is associated with a reduced risk of mortality, regardless of the total number of steps per day. Great news, okay? So at the end of the day, what does it mean? Remember that cardiovascular disease is one of the leading cause of death and I think it is actually the leading cause of death right now on the planet, right? So how can we reduce that? Walking. So number one, every, uh, every increase in 500 steps, they're showing that there's a benefit. Number two, you don't have to get to 10,000, okay? So if you're doing 2,000, okay, increase it by 500. Again, increase it again by 500. Increase it a little bit more by 500. So do little increases, little wins every single day, okay? Everything you can do. Walk around your house. The next, you can get an extra 500 steps by walking back and forth from your house, okay? If you're sedentary, you, let's say you're, uh, you, know, you work a desk job and you, you park in a parking lot, park at the furthest end of the parking lot and then walk into the building. Okay, that's an extra couple of, you know, that could be an extra 100 steps right there, depending on the size, right? At your lunch hour, get up, walk around, walk around the parking lot. These are little things you can do to just increase your steps by 300 to 500 a day, okay? It's not a lot. It's really not a lot. You'd be surprised at what 500 steps is, okay? But at the end of the day, if you can get to 7,000, 8,000 steps, you're good, you're good if you can do that every single day. Now, of course, if you work in Manhattan, which I used to work in Manhattan, right in the heart of the city, you'll get that by very easily. Just walk in your lunch hour, you'll get that. It's very, very easy to do. But, you know, if you work, you know, if you work in a more rural area or if you live in a more rural area and work, obviously you have to do more because there's a lot of driving involved, right? So do everything you can to increase your steps. So it's showing here that there's actual science behind it now to show that starting at 7,000 steps, we're seeing cardiovascular benefit, okay? So you doctors out there, tell your patients, 7,000, start there. You don't have to get to 10,000. Nutritionists, same thing. And um, good stuff, right? Actual benefit, actual scientific stuff here. Of course, we try to you know keep you ahead of the curve on all this stuff. Brand new information on this. Take advantage of it. Do whatever you can to walk and... Um, You'll be glad you did. All right, next, from Vibrant Health. Can you take multivitamins with antibiotics? Of course, this is a question that I've gotten many, many times throughout my years of working with people, working with all, you know, as a consultant, these types of things. So let's answer the question for you. In most cases, you could take multivitamins with antibiotics. However, there are some things to keep in mind. Okay, so number one, obviously if you're on you know, antibiotics, and typically when you're on antibiotics for an acute issue, let's say you're sick or whatever the case may be, you'll probably be on antibiotics for a good eight to 10 days, depending on the dose, depending on what you're dealing with, depending on the type of antibiotic. There's many different types, right? Broad spectrum, these types of things, okay? But 
One of the things you have to keep in mind is absorption. Okay, especially when you're taking a lot of vitamins, right? So while taking some antibiotics along with multivitamins, you may have issues with uh, absorption of some of the antibiotics, okay? Specifically, tetracyclines, you know, those sometimes tend to compete if you're, ta if you're taking high doses of multivitamins. So it's important to talk to your doctor, number one, and it's important to consult to your uh, talk to your doctor specifically about the timing of your multivitamin intake. That's something to keep in mind, right? Now, another thing to keep in mind is your gut bacteria, right? So we all know what antibiotics do. We all know that even though they kill bad bacteria, so if you're dealing with bad bacteria, obviously it's a good thing, but we also know it kills the beneficial bacteria. So something to keep in mind because the beneficial bacteria is one of the things that's going to help you in digestion of these vitamins and minerals. So there might be an issue there, okay? This could interfere with the absorption of nutrients, right? So, you know, there's a list on here, and I'm not going to go through all of them, just a couple of things to keep in mind when you're looking at the article. If you guys definitely take a look at the article, they, they talk about tetracycline, doxa, uh, doxycycline, and minocycline, okay? These can interact with magnesium, calcium, zinc, iron, and B vitamins. So they suggest taking your B vitamins at a different time versus when you take your, antibi um, your antibiotic. That's good, you know, good um, information here, okay? Again, amoxicillin, so for when we're looking at the penicillins, right? Amoxicillin and stuff like that can interfere with absorption of bromelain and vitamin K, okay? Also, the cephalosporins, okay? Again, they can interfere with vitamin K absorption, these types of things. They could be an interaction, an interference, something to keep in mind. So just some things to think about in that case. Now, if you are taking multivitamins with antibiotics, one of the things that you can do is, again, take them at different times. So if your doctor says, yes, you can, you know, you can take them at, you know, you can continue taking them, one good way to do it is to take them at different times, okay? So for example, you know, you take your antibiotic during the morning, you take your multivitamin in the afternoon, okay? This way your body can process, you know, one at a time versus trying to get them both at the same time, okay? So, and this is also obviously, you wanna make sure that the antibiotic is doing whatever it can to fight whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever illness that you're dealing with, okay? And it can be absorbed at this, you know, as best as possible. And then at the same time, when you take your multivitamin, that could be absorbed as best as possible as well, okay? so. Just some things to keep in mind. Um, you know, also, another thing to keep in mind is obviously you want to take probiotics with your antibiotics, if at all possible. So things like yogurt, kefir, sauerkraut, kimchi, tempeh, uh, miso, kombucha, uh, pickles, all these types of things, all these foods have beneficial bacteria, plus obviously taking probiotics in general have beneficial bacteria. So Take, you know, eat those things to make sure that you're recolonizing your beneficial bacteria. Another thing to do, stay hydrated as much as possible. The more water you drink, the more you absorb nutrients. Drinking plenty of water, especially around the time that you take your multivitamin, can be beneficial because of the fact that water-soluble vitamins could be better absorbed when your body is well hydrated. Good tip. Now, 
antibiotic effectiveness. When it comes to antibiotics, there are many be uh, benefits to drinking a lot of water. First off, antibiotics could be tough on your kidneys. They can, right? So you want to drink plenty of water to help reduce the concentration of drugs within your body and within your urine. Second, just like your multivitamin, drinking plenty of water allows for better antibiotic absorption. And third, many types of antibiotics are considered acidic. So downing more water than usual when taking them can actually help to reduce the amount of acidity that your stomach and your body overall has to deal with. Okay, so just some tips on hydration when you're taking your multivitamins and your antibiotics. So at the end of the day, I would suggest if your doctor gives you the okay, take them at separate times, right? Whatever the times you can, is, you know, separate them if at all possible, stay hydrated, and then obviously take as much probiotic foods and, and or probiotics as you can to try to do that. Now, if your doctor does not give you the clearance to take a multivitamin with your antibiotics, that's fine, okay? Then, you know, do your eight to 10 uh, days of antibiotics. And then once you're done with it, you're feeling good, you're feeling better, get back on your multivitamin, right? Nothing's going to happen to you if you don't take your multivitamins at those times, but you do want to replenish. You want to get your nutrients back in. So take them afterwards. So again, you have to work with your doctor, work with your body, how best to do that, okay? The, but you're doing this in a responsible way. That's the end. At the end of the day, this is what you want to do. You want to do it as responsibly as possible. Number one, to get better, obviously. And number two, to make sure you don't destroy your gut <laughs> and uh, just to keep yourself in balance, keep your body in homeostasis, get your body back in balance. That's, at the end of the day, this is what you want to do, okay? So just some things to keep in mind on the antibiotic multivitamin uh, end. All right, and lastly, from Wellness Resources, the hidden impact med medications that deplete vitamin D and how it affects your health. So at the end of the day, we know vitamin D is essential. You need to be on vitamin D. I always say you need to be on vitamin D through the winter. Um, I'm on vitamin D every single day, and I hope you guys are too. But you have to remember that <clears throat> vitamin D um, deficiency is a big deal, and vitamin D depletion can be a big deal, okay? So I always suggest um, an optimal level is anywhere from 50 to 80 nanograms per milliliter. That is, you know, get your vitamin D tested, of course. That's the first thing you want to do to see where your level is. So if you get your wellness check, especially if you do it at the beginning of the winter, then, you know, make sure you're getting a vitamin D panel to show where your vitamin D status is. If it's below 50, you want to get it up to 50 or more. 50 to 80, again, is a sweet spot, in my opinion. And uh, hopefully your doctor agrees. Now, remember that vitamin D activation and tissue levels are affected by age, skin tone, use of sunscreen. This is when you're outside, outdoor exposure, diet, you know, adequate magnesium, vitamin K, glutathione status. Um, all these things can affect your vitamin D. Okay, now again, this is when you're outside. Now, if you're taking it as a supplement indoors, especially if you live in the Northeast, Keep in mind, there's still things that can affect vitamin D absorption, right? You want to make sure you're taking it with enough nutrients as well. Um, obviously, vitamin D, calcium work together, vitamin K, magnesium, all these things work together. Now, there was a 2012 analysis, as we're going back now, randomized controlled trial that showed that individuals on any medication 
had a lower vitamin D status, individuals chronically using multiple medications are at great risk for vitamin D insufficiency and its complications. Numerous drugs affect vitamin D metabolism, which creates other negative effects with bone loss, softening of bones, and other health conditions. This warrants the need to be proactive, aware, and increase your vitamin D intake. So we'll run through really quick just the, um, the medications that have known to deplete your vitamin D. So they are. Uh, I probably shouldn't go through all of them because there's a whole list here, but uh, you guys can read it for yourselves. But I'll just run through like the big ones. ACE inhibitors, right? Obviously, a lot of people on blood pressure medications. Antibiotics, we just talked about those. Antidepressants, the SSRI specifically. Anti-epileptics, antiretrovirals, uh, calcium channel blockers, chemotherapy drugs, diuretics, which are water pills, okay? Um, hydroxychloroquine, you've been hearing a lot about that these days. Laxatives, lipase, statin medications for lowering cholesterol, steroid medications, gastric medications, including proton pump inhibitors. And those, we know those are notorious for um, just nutrient depletion in general because they literally stop your stomach acid from working properly and therefore absorb absorption of nutrients in general. Okay. And those really just weren't designed to be on long term, really, they were designed to be uh, for a certain number of time, and then to, you were supposed to get off those, there are people out on these things for five, six years, people I know, that are on them for five or six years, it's crazy. But anyway, um, and um, yeah, so these are the medications, even warfarin and coumadin, these types of things, right? Vitamin K antagonists. These are all medications that are known to um, deplete your vitamin D status. So there was another randomized clinical trial that suggested that a minimum of 800 to 1,000 units per day of vitamin D is required to maintain a blood level of 20 nanograms per milliliter in healthy adults, which is a deficiency according to the Endocrine Society's guidelines. Why? because their guidelines suggest it should be way more than that. Vitamin D deficiency or insufficiency is defined as a serum concentration of 25 nanograms per milliliter or less, okay? And this is, you know, again, if you, if you see your vitamin D level at 25 or less, you're nowhere near it. If you see it at 40 or less, I would, I would argue that you're still not close. Again, 50 is what you're looking for. 50 is what a lot of the studies are showing. So what do we recommend? Again, it goes by body weight. So, you know, those of you who are heavier, those of you who are bigger people, you want to have more, you probably want to get into the four to 5,000 unit range, but I would suggest 2,000 to 3,000 is a good start. Um, I personally go between the four to 5,000 range. That's what I, that's what gets the numbers up. And by the way, you want to do your best to take vitamin D with fat. Okay, take it with some kind of fat or fatty meal, or, you know, coconut oil or something that contains fat, because again, it's going to help with the absorption of that. So at the end of the day, just keep that in mind. If you are on these medications, or if you know someone who's on these medications, um, you know, have them obviously keep, you know, make sure they test their vitamin D, or if you're on a medication, test your vitamin D, see where you are, 
And if you are on these medication, if you are on these medications, it is absolutely imperative that you make sure that you get your vitamin D status up as best as possible. Okay. Uh, again, three thousand to five thousand units seems to be a good way to do it, but um, you need that for your for your uh, you know your your winter months to get you less susceptible to all types of things, all types of stuff that's running around out there, especially if you're older. Okay. So just some things to keep in the back of your mind. But of course, as always, we're giving you the latest science here and um, keeping you in the know. All right, guys. So that's it for this week. Hope you guys uh, got a lot of uh, got a lot of good stuff out of this. Um, of course, we bring you the latest every single day. Make sure, again, you go to georgebatista.com to check out everything that we go over. And again, if you guys are interested in the Fast Track Protocol, supplement protocol from yours truly, Go to the front of the website, click on Fast Track Protocol, and just enter in the information. And by the way, if you're doing that, um, keep detailed information. Put as much detail as possible. The more detail I have, the easier it is for me to recommend supplements to help support your health, right? Again, it's not rocket science, but just make sure you are honestly filling out. And this is what I used to tell people when I was working with them in general, if I was doing a consultation with somebody or whatever, you need to be as detailed as possible. The more I know, the easier it is for me to provide the information and to provide help, okay? And there may be times that, you know, I would say, listen, you've got to work with your doctor on this. I can, I can, um, I can recommend this, but if you're on these medications, just like we talked about today, right? For example, antibiotics and multivitamins, right? If you're on these things, talk to your doctor. See if, see if this makes sense for your doctor. Again, we want to do this responsibly. Anything I'm doing, if I'm working with you, whether it's a fast track or if I was working with somebody just uh, on a consultation, we got to do it responsibly. I'm not out there to hurt anybody. I'm not out there to you know, mess up anybody's metabolism. I'm not out there to say, hey, you know, just because I did things a certain way, you don't have to do them the way I did it, right? It's got to be responsible. So just keep that in mind when you're entering information and um, you want to get a protocol, keep those things in mind. All right, guys, hope you guys have a great week. Make sure you take care of yourselves. Make sure you take care of each other. And as always, control your health. Have a great week.